the pins and the best pins coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Shaquem Griffin is the linebacker from Central Florida. It's a great story. He had his left hand amputated at age four. He had a great collegiate career. He was AAC Defensive Player of the Year, and he was Peach Bowl MVP. He had a great NFL combine. He ran the 40 in 4.38 seconds, and he slapped on a prosthetic hand and did 20 reps on the bench press. That's all very amazing. But I wouldn't draft Griffin. Why? Because he only has one hand. Too often these days, we get caught up in the story. Griffin is inspirational, to be sure. But having only one hand puts you at a profound disadvantage in a sport where you tackle and catch balls. Griffin is projected to go between the fourth and sixth rounds. Some real romantics have him going as high as the third. I wouldn't draft Griffin at all. I might sign him as an undrafted free agent because you're putting nothing at risk in that scenario. But I would use all my draft picks on players that had two hands. You need hands. Griffin did great in college, in a smaller conference. But it's a monster jump to the pros. I hope he has a great pro career. At the very least, I hope he doesn't get Munson dot in the middle of nowhere. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you find the right way to build since 1956. Kid's a great football player at the college level. I wish him all the best. But pro football is an exact science, and you need two hands. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. If he does, I'll congratulate him. I wouldn't draft him. No way. In fact, I have wondered, and you've heard me do it on this program, the Steelers drafted James Conner in the third round. I think that was a little high. Not a lot high, but a little high. But I think they drafted the story. The pit kid who beat cancer. I think that moved him up for the Steelers at least a round and maybe more. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Dylan in the car. Dylan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. A couple things here real quick. Uh, I think you are stretching it earlier when you said Alvin Kamara is better than Le'Veon Bell. I, I said you could make that argument. And and as a rookie who's that much younger, I'm not so sure a lot of teams wouldn't rather have Alvin Kamara than Le'Veon Bell. But go ahead. No. But uh, Le'Veon Bell is just doing business. You know, the NFL is a business. Yep, and he's not doing it in very intelligent fashion. I understand that, but he's just trying to make as much money as he possibly can. You know what? If he, if he, if he, if he shows up ultimately on time... You know, because he's maximized that desire, then that's okay. I get that. But if he doesn't show up to week 10, then he's full of crap. Well, he, he just doesn't want to get franchise tagged. He wants to have that security. Well, then he needs to complain to the union. He needs to complain to the union, which has agreed time and again to the franchise tag. And you know what? I really think that if he, I made $12 million last year and made $14.5 million coming up, that would be all the security I would need. How about you? I love when players talk about security and feeding their families when this idiot 
could make 26 plus million inside of two years. That should be enough security, don't you think? No, I guess not for him. You know what? If he could burn through that kind of money in a lifetime, then he's a bigger fool than I think he is. And I think he's a big fool as it stands. Let's go to uh, David and Carnegie. David, you're on with Double M. Yo, okay. uh, you know, you're not alone, but I hear a lot of people saying Barkley's like this all-time great running back. But, you know, I was looking at his stats. In 22 of his 38 college games, he rushed for under 100 yards. Uh, you know, you pull a game last year, like Indiana, he only averaged 2.8 yards of carry. Yeah, they won't be playing Indiana in the NFL. He'll be okay. Yeah, if he can't do that against Indiana. Yeah, he'll okay, but he'll be behind one of the best defensive lines in football if Cleveland drafts him. He'll be okay. I don't know why you're trying to convince me he's not good. He'll be the best running back in the league within a couple of years. And then you know what he'll do? He'll buy Carnegie and make it the kingdom of Saquon and then regret doing it because it's a dump. Have you ever noticed that almost everybody who calls this show from Carnegie turns out to be adult? Yikes. Let's go to Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mr. Madden. Right. Hey, you know, I you just touched on it a little bit. I, I completely disagree with Bell's stance here. If he plays under the tag this year, that's $26.5 in two years, and then another chance to hit unrestricted free agency at age 27, when I doubt the Steelers would tag him for $17 million a third year. And that seems like a best-case scenario for a running back. He wants that Drake money, baby. They all want to be Drake. All the athletes want to be rappers. All the rappers want to be athletes. Well, if you want Drake money, then you're going to have to gamble on yourself and go year to year. That's how you get the most money in the NFL. Hey, hey, buddy, no fair bringing up logic. I mean, I'm just saying, twenty six and a half million in two years is probably what his guarantee would. Why be are you trying to convince me? Like, let, let me tell you something. I'm 57, admittedly, and I don't have family. If you gave me one million bucks, I wouldn't know what to do with all that money for the rest of my life. The money I have now, I don't know what to do with. Although it's pretty close to that figure. Not that you need to know, but I'll, I'll tell you. What movie is that from? Midnight Run. I'll tell you. Just to tell you, but uh, but you know I I just I I think that thirteen point three million per year, which is over five million more than Freeman makes the Atlanta running back, who's the second highest paid guy. I just think that's I don't even want to say a fair offer. I think it's more than fair. I think it's a hell of a lot of money for a running back in a league where passing is king, and on a team where passing is king. No matter how good you think Lev Bell is, and he is, he's not as important to the Steelers as Ben or Braun. He is the third fiddle. The third fiddle's getting offered $13.3 million per year. And does it worry anybody that they'll have that kind of money invested in three guys? How are they going to rebuild the defense? Now I hear they might keep Mike Mitchell because he's a Tomlin favorite. That team has just run on such a haphazard basis. Let's go to Mark in the car. Mark, you're all the super genius. How's it going, Mark? Uh, Terrific. I know 26-plus over two years sounds like a lot, but when you add up all the studio time and the editing and everything going into that music career, he's going to burn through that pretty quick. I don't think he will. 
I think he might burn through it. You know, I don't know if Lev has an entourage. I don't know who he keeps and whatnot. I hate to generalize about football players and that sort of thing. But uh, if he can't make it on the money he's made and the money he's being offered currently, then he's just not going to make it. Well, I don't think he uh, did very well in economics class. I'm just and by, and by the way, that. he never showed up for that class or any of them, I bet. Uh, the Steelers are over their projected salary cap right now, by the way, by a little more than $9 million. If you gave, you know, Bell 13.3 per year, that should, shouldn't should hurt it at all. Should make it easy to catch up and get a linebacker and maybe have a defense that doesn't quite suck so bad. Sign some draft picks, too. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. we got the Godfather, Stan Saverin, at 430. I'm shocked that some people are taking the side of Le'Veon Bell still. Last year, I kind of got it because, you know, then, oh, Bell's my favorite player. I have a number 26 jersey. I draft him in Fantasy League. You know, for one year, I could see people kind of being in Bell's corner. But now that the figures have become public, and like Tim said, I think Bell made a mistake revealing that the Steelers offered him $13.3 million per year. I don't think the fans are going to be on Bell's side this time through. And then he'll go on social media because the guy practically lives on social media, and he'll get his feelings hurt by that. As I said, on so many levels, this has the potential to get really, really messy. If you'd like to switch the heat and talk Penguins, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, My buddy Matt Bartkowski from the Calgary Flames, unfortunately, was a scratch last night. But we got to sit next to each other in the press box and watch the game. So it was nice to catch up with Bart, hear about his uh, young daughter, his wife, Jesse. Great guy, Matt Bartkowski. Uh, I thought last night's game was a very entertaining game. Some things about it disturbed me a little bit. For example, Penguins get up 2-0 right off the bat, right off the get. Uh, Rue Weedle scores in the point. Malkin scores off that goalie blunder. But just as quickly, it seemed, the Flames tied it. And uh, then the Penguins go ahead 3-2. Then the Flames get a goal with 2.7 seconds left in the second period, which is just not a goal you want to give up. And Rue Weedle, as well as he's played in these last two games, uh, didn't do himself any favors there, did not cover himself in glory. Uh, puck watching, letting the puck slip through uh, to an unattended flame for a tap And So Penguins are playing good. Need to be more consistent, need to be better defensively. But come playoff time, they'll know what to do. I'm really sure of that in light of them having won the last two Stanley Cups. Uh, Lev Bell, more quotes from him. He has told Billboard he's the best rapping athlete. I'll give you those quotes in a couple minutes and a quote from another interview where he's mad at his teammates for not promoting his rap career. What a douchebag this guy is. 1059X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Double M on the X. Le'Veon Bell told Billboard Magazine he's the best rapping athlete. Quote, oh yeah, hands down. I don't even think it's close. I can give you lyrical songs, hits, club, strip club, mood music. It's so much different styles. A lot of guys like One Lane is what they're good at. And then Bell told Billboard... He's going to drop a, a new album pretty soon. I'm glad he's concerned about football. That's that's the big thing I like about Le'Veon Bell. Have you heard him rap? 
He is bad beyond ample description. No matter what words I would come up with to describe how bad Juice is at rapping, uh, it would not be descriptive enough. Uh, Also, Bell, in another interview, said his teammates don't support his music. He said, when he first started making music, quote, people weren't like even my own teammates, weren't necessarily posting my music or pushing my music, because everybody kind of figured it was a joke. And then he said he's getting a little bit more support. Quote, you know, I ain't saying it's as much as it should be, but it's been better, unquote. So this horse's ass is saying the Steelers, his teammates, the locker room, should make sure they promote his music career because that should be really important to them. The guy is a self-centered horse's ass. No question about that. Let's go to Tony in South Hills. Tony, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, you know the game tomorrow. You think, uh, you think the Pens go in there and pull it out? Uh, it's going to be tough, but I think they can win it tomorrow. Fill the game. I don't think it would necessarily be a huge upset to you. Well, I just feel like they're going to be favored because they're at home. But, you know, I think the biggest difference this year with them is that defenseman, uh, Goss the Bear. I can't pronounce his name, but he seems like he's making a difference. Uh, he's playing he's better be this year. The other young defenseman, they have Provorov, is playing better this year, but they're still weak in the back and they're still weak in goal. We'll talk a lot, like all day tomorrow, about the Penguins and the Flyers. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, how are you? Terrific. Good. Uh, well, the thing is, is if you think about Le'Veon Bell, you know he makes headlines for giving all his teammates like expensive at watch watches, expensive watches. Yeah, that when, when I think about out. how valuable a running back is to the team, I, I rate him first by the expensive jewelry he gives his gifts. But no, I mean, still, you can't be complaining that you need more money when you know you try and make a PR stunt about. Yeah, this is a stupid call. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, Mark, um, you just said something about keeping Mitchell Tomlin said because of friendship. Was that, is that what you said? Uh, I don't know if that's the exact uh, phraseology. Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting that Mike Mitchell has a good chance to be kept despite the negative cap implications because he's a Tomlin favorite. I, I hope at least he'd be asked to take a pay cut. Well, that's what I was going to ask about was the cap hit because I mean that's everybody all off season. Well, I just get rid of him. I think Mike Mitchell stinks. I don't care about his cap hit. I think he's an awful safety. He he, uh, you know this is not indigenous to why I can't stand him. Well, actually, it is. But you know he'll give up a nine yard gain and then celebrate making a hard hit. I'd rather you you know don't celebrate and you stop him after I don't know three or four yards, whatever time he gets into the secondary and, and has to get tackled. And that stuff he did before the Jacksonville game where he tried to menace their locker room before the game, totally unprofessional. The Steelers should get rid of him just for that, if nothing else. Let's go to Brian in the car. Brian, you're on with Double M. Yeah, hey, King. Uh, Real quick, uh, I know that Bell is a problem. He he seems to be someone who we really need to get rid of. No, he's not a problem, and they don't need to get rid of him. He just needs to accept that. No running back in this league is going to make 14.5 mil per season. In fact, he needs to be grateful. Like, like when they offered him 13.3 mil per season, average annual value, he should have run for a pen. He should have, you know, signed that as quickly as he could. 
Because no other running back in the league is going to make that in the foreseeable future. Just isn't. I understand that. And, and the Steelers could actually help their cap. If and, and tell me what you think of this. You think Ian Cole would be a good fit for that position? I think you'd want to put him in the middle of the defense. Thank you for the call. 412-333-9939. Up at the bottom of the hour, just minutes away, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media, the effervescent Stan Saverin. Stand up next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Oh, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. I think it's the best thing I've almost ever heard. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. From ESPN Radio Pittsburgh and AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, he is Stan Saverin. Uh, Stan, how will the Lev Bell contract situation play out? It's... Like a broken record at this point, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, two years in a row. Um, I mean, I think um, I, I think eventually uh, he'll end up playing for the franchise tag. Uh, it, at this point, it's uh, it, not really conceivable that they're going to reach a contract agreement. I just think, for number one, placing the franchise tag on it was absolutely the right thing to do. That's the smart strategy. Because you don't want him to be an unrestricted free agent. It buys you time. Remember, this may not end up him playing for the franchise tag. Um, he may not sign it. They could, you know, work out a deal somewhere. Um, they could negotiate a contract. Uh, you buy yourself some, some time and give yourself some options. Um, I mean, obviously, the Steelers are at a point now where they value him, but they set the market. Uh, it's like if you put your house on the market and you want to charge X and no one gives you an offer, then you better consider that you need to drop the price in order to make a sale. I think Bell's got to do the same thing. Uh, I take them at their word, and I agree with them. I would rather see them sign him to a three-year deal. And, and my, my attitude has been consistent with that because I think the window for them to win a Super Bowl is wide open. They need some improvements on defense, of course, but when Ben said, I want to play beyond my contract, then, to me, that says, I want every offensive weapon available. Um, I don't buy into the notion that it's an either-or situation, that, well, if you have Bell playing under the tag, you can't afford to go out and get any good defensive players. Uh, I don't buy that. Uh, I think the good thing about this, if indeed they have to get hit with the $14 million this year under the franchise tag, that would absolutely force them to get rid of Mike Mitchell. If they had any ideas about keeping him around, I can't imagine why, that would force them to get rid of Mitchell and some others just to be in compliance with the cap. So if you're looking for some good news, there it is. Well, the Steelers have offered Bell 13.3 mil per season. The second highest paid back, Freeman from Atlanta, made 8.25 mil last year. Isn't 13.3 mil enough for Bell, and maybe within the context of a passing league, even too much? Um, it, it may be. Um, I don't know. You know, that's to me, that's their business as, as far as the actual dollar amount. I think it's very reasonable. Um, it represents a, you know the midway point between what he made last year and what he is expected to make under the tag. Uh, I think. His idea, Mark, I think it, it transcends um, just wanting to be paid. He wants to transform the pay structure in the NFL. 
meaning that he wants to elevate his position or the uniqueness of what he Do you really believe that, Stan, or do you think, I think he just wants his. Well, I think that's true. No, I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's being altruistic, but I'm saying he, he's wrong if he thinks that he's going to change their minds about that. You know, I looked up at all the franchise, you know, uh, tag money. Offensive linemen, the tag this year is $14 million. Defensive linemen, $17 million. Cornerbacks and linebackers, $15 million. Now, that's not for everybody. The only ones who have a lower franchise tag on offense, tight ends, the tag is $10 million, and the running backs are 11.8. So he is even getting paid a million and a half more than that if he accepts that contract. So um, I think he's out of line, but again, that's his business uh, you know, about the dollar. I don't care how much he gets paid. It's not coming out of my pocket. I think as far as the Steelers are concerned, it's not only the money. They have to do business the way they want to do business, the way they've always done. I mean, I think you can modify, but I don't think you sacrifice your principles. And they are not going to let a player set the market. He can say, here's how much I want to charge for my house. We ain't buying until you lower the price. Do you think Bell's going to miss games? No, I think we're likely to see the same thing happen. I think he might miss games this time, Stan. Don't forget, he can report up till week 10 and still burn off the year of responsibility. I, you know, I think if he did that, they rescind the franchise tag and say, get out. And it won't cost him a dime. Now they're going to have to make a contingency plan by drafting a running back, not in the first round, but drafting a running back who can help them. They're going to need more than James Conner and Stephen Ridley. But I, I honestly don't think they'll put up with much of that. And you know what? I don't think his teammates will put up with, with a whole lot of that either. Uh, I don't think uh, that that will be accepted because, remember, that's one of the things about the tag. You can take it off any time you want. You lose the guy, but by the same token, he's not getting paid. And if he thinks he's going to sit out the year, which I think is the least likely of scenarios, he never gets away from owing them one more year. He can sit out for the next 52 years, and when he decides to come back and play at the age of 78, he still owes them the one year. All right, but that's why he'd report no later than week 10, I would think. Now, do you think it's going to get personal and bitter stand between the Steelers and Bell? And where do you think the locker room, the coach, Art Rooney, the fans, where is everybody going to weigh in? Well, I think the fans are going to be four square against Bell, at least based on the reaction I'm getting on my show and on Twitter. That's understandable. Um, I don't think that the Steelers will maintain a bitter attitude, but I do know for a fact that they're not happy that Bell has been so public about this. Um, and I don't think they appreciate it, but I don't think that'll change their strategy. I don't think it'll get to, well, I'll show you. As far as the players are concerned, I think players generally support other players. I think generally that's true because guess what? There's going to come a time when they may become a free agent and they want to get theirs. <clears throat> I think guys like Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette uh, and, and Elliot, and Duff, they're rooting like hell for him because a rising tide raises all boats. Uh, if he gets his, they'll when their time comes, they'll get more, too. But I also think that this team understands that they lost an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl last year. They recognize that they have got 
a window of opportunity here, and that I don't know if they absolutely need him, but let's be honest. They're sure a hell of a lot better with him than without him, and I think the players will put aside that we hope you get as much as you want to a point, but if you're going to injure our chances to win a championship, then we're not going to be happy about it, and I would imagine that's the way they're feeling now. We're talking to Stan Saver, and he's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Stan, I want to turn to the Penguins for just a few minutes. Uh, they've won two in a row, but doesn't it look like they're still playing a bit too wide open? I mean, not at all playoff style right now. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a bad two points, especially this time of year when the points matter so much. But And they can be happy and satisfied they got to win, but they can't be terribly satisfied with the way they play. I think one of the things that has bothered me is not that they're too wide open. Um, you know, one of the things that they've been very good at um, is playing defensively when they needed to. Uh, one of the big problems I think they have is that the fourth line is not doing the job that a fourth line is supposed to do. And I'm not talking about scoring goals. It bothered me a lot that they get the 2 nothing lead on Calgary, and then the fourth line is out there for both of Calgary's goals to tie the game up. Uh, you know, those lines generally are set. You score a goal. You're there to maintain the momentum you've gained from scoring. Those guys don't care if you don't score, but you can't allow the other team back in. Sullivan has mentioned this. On, at times they would take a penalty, which is the last thing you want that group to do, and that line was on for both of those Calgary goals that tied the game at 2-2 when they should have been able to put the hammer down on a team like that. Um, I don't know if it's because they haven't played together often enough. I don't know if it's because, and not to blame him solely, but Connor Sherry traditionally is not going to be cast in that kind of role. Uh, I like Tom Kuhnhock a lot, Mark, but I don't think he's played at all very well since he came back from the injury. Um, so to me, that's an element. You get, And hey, as you know, goals are at a premium in the playoffs. You get one, you need to clamp down. You cannot let a team back in like they have um, too many times this year. Is the defensive core good enough? Uh, Chad Ruedel has done okay these last two games, which were his first in two months. I'd feel a lot better if they had one more guy. Not a great guy, not even a legitimate top six guy that you knew would be in there as a first choice, but just one more guy, because I think you need eight. I'm totally with you. Um, I said the day of the trade deadline, I understood. If that was the price to get Broussard, then that's the price you pay. I didn't like see Ian Cole goal. But aside from that, my at least equal concern was the depth. Look, I know people hate Matt Hunwick. You know, there have always been guys that people have hated. But if your seven and eight are Ruedel and Hunwick, you're pretty good. Uh, you know, that, that's a pretty good eight you can throw out there. And let's remember, last year, Ruedel played in playoff games. Mark Streit played in playoff games. I believe you need eight and sometimes nine. So my biggest concern, uh, on top of losing Cole, who I thought was a very valuable guy, but you get that. you got to give something to get something, was the depth. They really don't have anybody in the minor leagues. I mean, if you know, if you like Corrado, fine. Hopefully you don't have to use him. But I, too, am concerned because defensemen get hurt. That's just the way it is. Well, Tang's finding his form. I think he's played much better recently. Uh, that's important, Stan, because that's 25 good minutes and sometimes more on a given night. 
It absolutely is. And, you know, it, it, it makes you wonder and, and think back, how in the world did they win a cup without him last year? It makes it even more astounding. Um, absolutely. Uh, he can be uh, the minutes he plays on the ice. Um, I think, frankly, that one of the reasons that Dumoulin's minus uh, was so high was because of Latang. Both of them are coming down together. Dumoulin made a couple of really nice defensive plays uh, last night. Uh, and, you know, he's valuable on the power play. He's valuable on the penalty kill. And, by the way, he's not the biggest guy, but when they lost Cole, they lost a lot of physical play on defense. And though Latang can play any way you want to play, he's also been known to be a bit physical. Um, they need that from him. They need all of that from him. Finally, Stan, uh, how big is tomorrow night's game in Philadelphia? Uh, maybe not just for the standings, but to prove a point. Because the Flyers, boy, I never thought they'd be doing as well as they are, Stan. And maybe it's time for the Penguins to make that stop. Yeah, I'm surprised, too. Although, look, with any long winning streak, um, you know, they've cooled down a little bit. That's just the nature of it. It was probably the nature of the Penguins, who had won 11 of 13 before losing the three and then the two victories. Uh, the, the thing that I, I'm very obviously it means a lot in the standings if if you think that that's going to be that important you know home ice for the first round that's the way it works out but what I'm interested to see I know a lot of people were upset about the Boston game uh, you know the Bruins you know pushed them around a bit um, although I look at anytime there's a blowout that stuff is going to happen the Bruins have always played that way in time immemorial um, I think that they're going to be fine. I uh, like the way Alexiak stood up to Chara, no problem there. But you know it's the Flyers. And in the past few years, uh, even that goonery, although they've they backed off of that a little bit, even that goonery hasn't been a factor because the Penguins have been so much better. But if you believe the standings, and I still think the Penguins are better, let's put it this way, based on the standings anyway, the gap is closed. Uh, so you just can't get by on the fact that, well, we're better than they are. Uh, you may not be as much better as you once were. I expect that uh, the the Flyers will play Flyers hockey, and I'm anxious to see how the Penguins deal with that. Let's remember, they won the last three Cups without having an enforcer play a significant role. Let's always keep that in mind. They are gritty. They are team tough. But without Cole and without Reeves, I want to see how they handle what I expect from those, you know, brigands and highwomen and, 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 you know, boorish players and fans tomorrow night. Stan, great stuff. We'll do it on your show Thursday. All right, Mark. Thank you. That's Stan Savin, the godfather. I'm on his show every Thursday at 12.20 p.m. on ESPN 970 AM. Uh, up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin also... We have long debated what was the best hamburger in town. Well, now there is a clear-cut winner. I'll tell you who in just a moment on 105.9. He's in Washington. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. There's a new best burger in town. The super genius burger at Chipino. That's named after me, as you might have guessed. Chapino, of course, in the strip. They brought a few super genius burgers by today, and it was tremendous. I designed it, the ingredients. The chef, R.C., put it together thanks to him. Gourmet preparation. It's terrific. Two patties, prime beef, blue cheese, bacon, tomato, lettuce, and spicy ketchup. Also, something called bacon jam. 
I've had that before. That's uh, that's something they use at the Steak Shack in Vegas. It's, it's very good. Uh, Chapino's brought it to Pittsburgh. It's so big, I had to eat one patty with a knife and fork and then put the bun back on and finish it. Eat the rest like a burger. It really is the best burger in town. So thanks to Chapino's and to RC and Lisa from Chapino's for stopping by. Uh, I want Penguin calls to start before I get to Bob McLaughlin because Penguins won last night. One thing that's not helping the Penguins right now, the refs have stopped calling penalties. The Penguins were averaging four and a half power plays at the beginning of the season, and for the past month or so, they're averaging two per game. Last night, with the score tied, Sid did a loop-to-loop through the offensive zone, got slashed by one guy, hooked by another, no call. Sid definitely very frustrated. We'll get to more discussion about that in just a little bit. Right now, it's time to welcome Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, you and I were both watching the Pitt basketball game, the first round of the ACC tournament, and Pitt gave it a run, but ultimately lost to Notre Dame by three points. But typical Pitt fashion, they had a possession late with a chance to get within one, I believe, and a Pitt player dribbled the ball off his foot (laughs) into a Notre Dame player. If you could script a way that the season should end for Pitt, that might be it. Mark, I got nothing to add to that. That is absolutely true. Uh, when they had a chance, they were, they were down by three. I tweeted, hey, Panthers, within 50 seconds after that tweet, it was, oi, Panthers, because exactly that. If, you, if it wasn't so heartbreaking, it would be hilarious. Uh, they were all set up for the dribble drive in, pass the ball back out, get the three, um, but he kicks it right to the Notre Dame players, and that's your Panthers 2018. Well, to, to recap, their final record was 8-24, and including 0-18 in the ACC Conference and 0-1 in the ACC Tournament. Chris Adamski from the Trib just tweeted that no team deserves to lose all its conference games. Oh, Buzzsaw, I beg to differ. If any team ever deserved to lose all its conference games, it was Pitt. In fact, in their 18 conference games, I think they played poorly enough to go 0-19. <laughs> Again, no argument on this side of the glass. Uh, a few Le'Veon Bell updates, Bob. Uh, Le'Veon Bell kind of pounding his chest about what a great rapper he is, mad at his teammates for not promoting his rap career stridently enough on uh, social media. Uh, I want to ask you a question that I asked Stan and Tim Benz uh, earlier in the program. Whose side is the fans going to be on in this dispute? I think they were kind of... 50-50 last year, maybe even pro on Bell. But I think now that Lev himself revealed the Steelers offered him a deal worth 13.3 per season, I think he becomes the bad guy. I think the fans are going to look at 13.3 and figure, you know what, that's enough. That's more than enough for a running back in a passing league. Yeah, Mark, absolutely, and the proof of that has been online all day. Um, once he put that information out there yesterday and then the Billboard magazine stuff today about his teammates not promoting his music, well, that's funny because you're not showing up for camp. You're not showing up, you know, to get better. Well, now, devil's advocate, Bob, if he's not signed, he doesn't have to show up. No, I understand that, but that's his choice not to sign, especially after what they offered him, 12 mil a year, 60 million total last year. Turned it down. Steelers came up to what you were reporting, 13.3 million. He turns that down with kind of some 
you know, bragging behind that. Like you said, putting the chest out a little bit. Steelers have made their move. They've tried to bridge that gap. He is not budging. This is on him, and the public, I believe, feels the same. In fact, the public feels the same I way. I kind of agree with it. what Stan said. Stan, you know, I, I mooted that maybe they cut Le'Veon Bell. Not cut, but they rescind the franchise tag. If he hasn't signed the tender by midsummer, Stan conjectured if he doesn't show up for the first game that that's when they'll rescind the franchise tag. And you know what? If, if if he was a free agent after a game was already played, boy, he would get chump change to play this year if he got any offer at all to play this year. I could see that happening, Mark, and I still think the it public... It would be great. It would be great for the show, um, but I could no, see... No, no, it would just be great. <laughs> great, great. Great on every level, something can be great. They would have every right to do it, meaning the Steelers and the public, I think, the Steeler Nation, would be absolutely behind the Steelers because it's gone on long enough. Second season of this, Steelers have negotiated in good faith. Lev Bell seems like he's just more worried about his rap career. And that's just not me being facetious. That's proven in the magazine article, in his responses, and how you know care, cavalier he is about turning down $13.3 million. Bob, uh, we'll talk at length tomorrow on the program about the Penguins and Flyers game. It's a rivalry Wednesday at 8 p.m. tomorrow at the Wells Fargo in Philadelphia. But what kind of importance do you put on the game? Uh, the Flyers, Caps, and Penguins are all within two points of mm-hmm. each other, clustered on top of the Metro Division. I'm not putting a lot of stock in where the Penguins finish. I think they've proven time and again that doesn't really matter. But I think it would be nice to put the Flyers in their place if for no other reason than I don't want them to keep playing this well. Absolutely. And the last tough test the Penguins had against the Bruins uh, didn't go so well. So a test against the Flyers uh, to make a statement. Not, not really a statement, but at this point of the season, let's say that kind of statement. Um, you know, there's some buzz out there right now about Giroux being in the heart or the MVP candidate. Uh, uh, where, convers- where'd you see that? Oh, I've seen it a couple times today. Cloud Giroux, who switched from the tough position to the easy position. Who I think it was from a- center to wing. I think it was no, SI. I don't see that. To me, the, the clear cut. MVP finalists. There are three finalists, if, if memory serves. The three finalists off the top of my head would be Kucherov, Malkin, and I guess Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. But I can't, I could never, I was arguing about this with somebody last night at the hockey press room. I just can't give the MVP to somebody who finishes 14th in scoring, which is roughly where Hall was the last time I looked. Although you were duly impressed when he was here the other oh. night. No, no, I mean... You know, I remember seeing some of your tweets. And, impressed and MVP are two different things. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but no, this game tomorrow night, especially against the Flyers, because that's it's the Rupper, Flyers. That's Rupert, that New Jersey Devils uh, <laughs> lobby that he leads. And you'll have him tomorrow. Yeah, him talk and about Danico. That. I, hear, I heard him on network last night. Ah, and he's Taylor a Gustus Bear ah! guy, too. Who is? Rupper. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> I'm getting tired of Rupper, I think. <laughs> that's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Remember what happened to Zemanic at Aliquippa, the football coach? It happened again somewhere else. I'll talk about that in 30 seconds here on 105.9 The X.